Beardy and the Beast Media Club. This is placeholder intro song. Thanks for joining us for Beardy and the Beast Media Club, a full spoiler discussion into a piece of media. We will take those spoilers from the human realm to nurture as our own. If you enjoy what we do, please consider sharing us with your friends or join the discussion in the comments or at our Discord. My name is Drew, and we have recently obtained the sword in our hearts. Devin? Aww. I'm the sword in our hearts. I'm Shut a up. god. <laughs> <laughs> Today we'll be discussing 2015's Studio Chizu animated film, The Boy and the Beast. So Devin, was this film lost in its darkness, or was it saved by the connections it made? So, I think I'm a little more middling about this one than I was with Belle. Mm. Um, I, I feel the story was still quite strong. Um, I could, one of the things that jumped out to me was the noticeable difference in the animation. Mm-hmm. Like, like this animation um, felt more, a little more made for TV. Nah, not, it, it felt lower budget. It didn't have quite the same quality as I saw with, um, with Belle. See, uh, I, I don't agree with that because like it felt very much like a stylistic choice because mm. those backgrounds were so intricate and so in some cases even looked realistic. Mm-hmm. I actually really enjoyed the simpler kind of lower FPS animation of the characters themselves. Okay. The, the place that I really found it, like for the most part, it wasn't bad. It just found it. It stood out somewhat with um, Kuma Tetsu. Okay. Um, he, he was the one like, I found it in particular with. Like, just some of the facial animations, it, I lost it a little bit because it was almost too simplified. Oh, yeah. It was still very expressive, just in a way that I wasn't expecting. Um, from, you know, Bell being the only other example of their of their films that I've seen so far. Well, it's tough too. Like when you come into like studio cheese, you with bell as the reference point. Yeah. Like the animation was super high quality in that. Uh, even though there was aspects of it, I didn't like, I still acknowledge the quality. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Like I've definitely noticed a couple of things that as, as we do more of the cheese films, I wonder if it's going to be, consistent uh, i guess studio trademarks is a way that i, that I almost want to call it yeah i, I um, think so because when you when you look at the was it the cover um cover of what is it mirai yeah it looks much closer to uh the boy and the beast than it does cheesy or uh yeah than it does bill yeah but but things that i did notice that were similar is like i noticed that same kind of shift in an animation style between the two worlds mm. it, it wasn't as much but it was there was a clear difference in how it was so i, I noticed that kind of immediately um like the the environments definitely took on a slightly more cartoonish feel mm-hmm. and perhaps the otherworldliness like the the real world kind of physics didn't seem to apply anymore yeah when they were in this like realm of spirits and gods guess you could say yeah it's a minor thing again most of it comes from just as said what i saw in bell set my expectations differently uh, especially when we're, we come from 
the Ghibli films mm-hmm. where it's clear, like, I mean, we've watched their latest one and their earliest one, and you can clearly see the same, the same quality and style going all the way through. Uh, whereas it kind of get from Shiza that we might be seeing them more as they're growing. So well, I don't think just cause uh, just as an observation, I don't think they're going to have a heavy hand of the, uh, bell style 3d animated cell shaded kind of feel. I don't think that's going to be mm-hmm. a very common. No. And, and, and I recognize that, but I think so I guess it's better to compare, um, the the scenes with uh, Suzu as opposed to Bell with the overall animation. Yeah, so Suzu with uh, Ren. Yeah, would probably be your closest abstract. It's it's, and I I kind of got a feeling that you would be kind of more like in the middling thing, hmm. like a middling kind of point of view for this one. Whereas, uh, though I do admit Bell structurally and character wise was probably just a hands down better movie. Mm-hmm. I like boy and the beast far more mm. because this one just got me. Yeah. It grabbed all the little heart strings of mine. Mm. It's all, it's almost like it was tailor made for someone like me. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the, all the connections with like say fatherhood and what makes a father and like mentor mentorship and things like that grabbed a hold of all those heartstrings and all the things that like my mind tends to be occupied with these days and just went like, <laughs> Oh no, this is a movie for you, Drew. <laughs> um, and that's actually kind of what I thought you would get from it too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like halfway through and I'm like, this is, this is going to end up being a lost in translation thing. A hundred percent. <laughs> yeah <laughs> just reverse this time yeah <laughs> um that being said like i actually really enjoyed the story really enjoyed the characters uh the interactions between um kuda and um Kumat- kumatitsu uh was absolutely fantastic i i get i get that type of relationship and it was nice to see how they built each other up and mm. i got that impression almost almost immediately as um Kuda entered the world that that would be um the case mm-hmm. that, we, that we would see them growing from each other um and you know it leads up so well to to the ending as well like just that no we we are one and foreshadowed through like um the grandmaster talking about it's like can't tell which one's the master and which one's a student mm-hmm. <laughs> like so it felt very fitting that um that um Kometatsu, you know sacrificed himself that way um and uh, i really i really enjoyed that and i really enjoyed how they told you about in the they basically told you that was going to happen in the opening monologue the storytelling bit but you clearly had no indication that they were talking about that until after that that change happens with the the two great great ones fighting and well and that's the thing the if i were to compare this film with two, with all the significant failings of the ghibli movies um <laughs> so it, so in this one it it's constantly alluding to things and creating like a series of foreshadowing which it then it ends up paying off and it was 
low enough that you don't like if you were looking for it you would tell right away but you're just enjoying the movie you'd be like oh that's something they reference like oh he's gonna become an artifact spirit yeah like if he like he won't be able to become like a true god he'll be become a uh, artifact spirit yeah and like he ends up intentionally doing so that he can so he can like, save the day yeah and all that but if this was a if this was a ghibli film they would set up the universe saying oh there's a great war occurring because um the prince went missing it's like oh the prince was the scarecrow the entire time <laughs> Yes, yes, you hate howls. Separate <laughs> for when we actually cover it. <laughs> I want to be knocked down a peg if I end up liking it. Uh, no, it's <laughs> so the, the the direct comparison is like the the way that this film creates its foreshadowing points. Like the first third of the film is just littered with exactly how the ending is going to occur. Yeah. It pays off in a way that I guess is technically expected, but not in like a negative manner. Mm -hmm. You know what was nice though? Hmm. Not having uh, the arena combat be like the final fight, the final hmm. story beat. Yes. Having it go to like, oh, that other boy is uh, actually a human and is possessed by darkness. Yeah. Which I was questioning. I was questioning that right away when I'm like, he's just wearing an animal hat. Like no one else is wearing an animal hat. But uh, my my only question with um Ichiro, yeah, I'm gonna go Ichiro. I'm not gonna keep adding the rest of it. Um, Ichiro was um, I don't buy for a second you're an animal. Mm. I did think it was a daughter <laughs> until the time skip though. <laughs> you're talking. You're talking about <laughs> Ichiro Hiko. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh oh no, I knew it. No, I, I I knew it was a boy. But I like the it seemed like such a natural progression mm. for that character. Like you you definitely initially think, hey, this character doesn't seem to be an animal. Yeah. It seems to be just a dude wearing a hat. And it's obvious that he's looking down on the human, but he's mm. polite about it. Yeah. And then in the middle encounter after the time skip is no longer being polite about it. Yeah. And then, and then after that, just full dark side, I'm going to segue the themes with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it is, is one of the things that I think it was handled very well. Um, was the idea of having no one to support you and having to be on your own versus having someone who's fully supporting you and, the darkness that can come from both of those things mm. right so so we have um cuda where that darkness rises up because he found like he had that when he felt like there was nothing got through it and then loses <laughs> you know essentially loses his master and the darkness just immediately comes up and versus um ichiroiko where they he was just never told. He was just basically lied to for his protection throughout, which caused such resentment because nothing made sense to him. And it, it's interesting to see that how, I guess, that best intentions can still create that toxicity and 
and hatred and well yeah it's about nourishing the heart yeah so the Lakuta had nothing had lost everything and was empty yeah. and through his caring but adversarial connection with Kumatetsu that became more and more nourished mm. um once the confusion came around, especially after he went back to the human world, he started falling to that confusion, like without a, without that nourishment, I guess you could say. Yeah. And whereas if you were to take uh, a Chirohiko, had everything like look like a wealthy family, well-respected, was given everything, but it wasn't the nourishment that he needed. Yeah. So he was, again, always confused, like... Why don't I have tusks like you? Why doesn't my nose protrude like yours? Things like that. As his confusion grows, like as you said, he fell to that darkness. Yeah. It made me wonder immediately. It's like, I wonder if he was just honest with them. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, th I think if honest or I wouldn't be surprised if they came, if it was a less well-to-do family. Mm, yeah. It's, it's, it's something with Ozen's family. Like, it's, you're right. They're very well-to-do, very polite but oh there was the son um jurumaru mm. like like starts off as a bully but quickly warms up to kudo and kudo shows shows he's capable ozen and ichirohiko both to me kind of always felt two-faced it's that i'm putting on these airs and I'm like yeah i just don't i don't like you <laughs> i i don't trust you <laughs> and you kind of see that with Ryozen getting basically slamming Kumatatsu for bringing a human in while he's been raising a human for a decade. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's. And how did you hide it? Like, with, honestly, with how did you hide it that long? <laughs> I mean, I, I, th I think the, the rabbit god knew. Oh, yeah. At no point do I think. He did not. Yeah. <laughs> but but it, it was interesting. It's like just seeing that that difference, like and again, they were all about the appearances, and you have the two characters that were very much not about their appearances, building that relationship, finding that strength in each other. It's because it was genuine. You know, and there, it, that means that the relationship was genuine too. Yeah. And it passes on to Kaede as well. Mm. Where it's just you have these outcasts that find that strength in each other. So even though there's that darkness or, or what have you, they have that support to go back on, which mm. is why in the long run, Kuda doesn't give into the darkness. And when he does, it's like, if I have, I will give into the darkness to save everyone because he knew he had that strength, which just wasn't there with the other characters they could have the show but not you know very similar to um, what we we're talking about it's like let me show you what it's like to live for today mm -hmm. <laughs> and that struggle made them strong and allowed them to actually find strength within each other which is nice because it ties nicely into when they were talking to when they were going and meeting all the other grandmasters as well because like none of them actually talked about physical strength. Mm -hmm. Talking about they're all talking about here's the strength of an illusion or here's the strength of patience. To find them having that strength of unity was very well done throughout the film. 
It was super interesting in that like circumstance after they went to the other elders and Kumatetsu's he ends up just coming up with the most sage sage like one himself, which is find the meaning yourself. Yeah. Which was perfectly surmising like what the rabbit god was trying to teach him. Yeah. <laughs> it all tied together very well. Story wise, it's just it's just bang on. Yeah, the themes were carried carried throughout the film. We saw it with every character interaction, and well, and it's it fantastic. It stayed on track, which was really nice. It didn't deviate. I, I get with the with the two boys, um, Kuta and Ichirohiko, they were trying to show two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Having some additional themes or sour notes to it might have improved the film a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like having like a little bit of a, a bitter taste in a sweet candy or something like that to to make it a little bit more complex. Yeah. I actually couldn't suggest anything because I both appreciate that the themes were so on track, but also would like additional complexity. Yeah. And... Yeah, I, I can see exactly what you're saying with that. It's hard to like I can't think of a good good change that could have been there. Oh, I just One... realized something. Oh, yeah, two sides of the same coin is definitely the correct analysis, especially when you consider that um, Ren had everything was from a very well-to-do family who mm. it all away. Mm. I completely forgot about that point, and I was actually questioning it during the movie, and I was like, what, what relevance was the beginning? Mm. Like, I can understand losing his mother and not having his father. Yeah. But, like... The wealthy family, what relevance was it? And it actually was very relevant. Nope, you are completely correct there. As soon as you said that, I'm like, yep, no, that makes sense. It's, it's, it's interesting because I always wondered kind of what happened to the father. Mm. Um, like it, it was in the back of my mind when you meet him. And you realize it's like the father literally couldn't do anything. He was cut out. Mm. And, and to know that and kind of goes like, okay, well, maybe just deadbeat dad or whatever. And, um, to hear that it's like yeah no the police stopped looking a decade ago and i never did i'm like okay nope that's and just well that's the thing it makes you it makes you kind of realize that i don't have any inclination that the mother was a bad person no i think that the father was definitely not of high standing and definitely came off as weak ish like in social standing yeah, I, I'm pretty sure the father probably got pushed up by the family. Yes, a nine-year-old boy isn't going to know that. Yeah, and I mean, again, I think that in the, the end, that comes back and what sparks some of his darkness, because of course the nine-year-old boy is going to feel like he was abandoned, and when he hears and when he hears that, it's like, oh yeah, no, you can come live with me and all this stuff again. Of course, he's going to feel resentful. Of course, that's going to be start seeing that darkness grow, because right? it's just that reminder of your failings. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's and that's what makes makes it make so much sense that he would start falling to that darkness again mm-hmm. when his father when his father was like, "Yeah, you like you can come over," and like was being too fast, wasn't acknowledging mm-hmm. the feelings of Ren. If you're talking about a flavor difference, this is of course before we see Ichi Ichiroko. Um, I'm going to pronounce that name different every single time. <laughs> <laughs> before he really gets introduced i'm like okay well clearly this is going to be about him having to fight his own darkness mm. i think that that's one of those things that could have been a spice that 
that would have worked. Um, then again, they introduced Kaede, which changes that up. But my first thought was he was going to give him the darkness, and that's what the final conflict was going to be. Mm. Um, so I thought this that Spicy said might be Ichiroko being the savior. Mm. Help, help pull him back. Because again, clearly human, but always raised the beast, so maybe that darkness wouldn't be there in the same way, much like Yozen thought. <laughs> so I actually kind of did appreciate that they flipped that. The flip, at least for Kyoto, I really appreciate it because it did give you that feeling that it was going to be about him fighting his own darkness. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it wasn't. Yeah, It was more about acknowledging it and filling that hole. Yeah. And what it takes to fill it, including those like emotional connections with everybody around him. Mm. So like if it did, if it ended up just being if uh, Ichiro Hiko was not in it and it just ended up being a story about like him fighting himself, I think I would find it less impacting emotionally. Oh, for for sure. I said as it would have been it definitely would have been. And, and they just did the right setup to have him have him not fall to the darkness and there was a lot there that actually resonated with me as well mm. with, with the way the story was done i think we kind of talked about this with the craft as well um when we're talking about like the balance mm. right you have you have to be able to balance out the light and the dark like just the advice he was given as he was starting to fall in the darkness a few times through so bang on you know he's there clearly scaring the crap out of uh, kaede you're, I'm literally going, oh God, what's going to happen to her? And I did that multiple times throughout the film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, don't you dare hurt Katie. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, just that clear aggression, clear giving into the darkness. And she just stands up. She just basically stands there, slaps him in the face and then gives him a hug and goes, I get it. I feel that way. You are not alone. And just instantly is like, that's what you need to hear. That's what people need to hear to help get out of that darkness. A lot of times. Well, it was impactful. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, you're both light and dark. That's there. You have to know that. Cuda takes that lesson as I said earlier to go. So like, okay, if this is dark, I understand. I need to be dark. I might need to be dark to fight this. And clearly out of plans. Like I'm, I know I'm going to cross that line. I'm going to a place where there's no one around. And then I'm stopping it, period. <laughs> Knowing that that balance is needed. It was just done, it was done so well that, that it resonated with me. You know, it, it makes me a bit sad that I'm not more familiar with Moby Dick. <laughs> because I feel like there would be a whole lot of parallels uh, for that that I just mm. am not getting. Yeah, I, I somewhat agree. I don't, I don't think this is a film that would be like, oh, Moby they mentioned Moby Dick, so we're making the enemy the a whale. I don't see it being that simplified. I don't see it that simplified. So again, I'm not the most familiar with Moby Dick. I think I read like a you know a young reader's version of it when I was you know a young reader. Guy hunts whale. Yeah, guy hunts whale. So so of course you know don't get any of the literary aspects of it. Again, I almost go as that a bit of that lost in translation. Mm. I think Studio Chuzu has a thing for whales. Let's face it, they've been prominent in the two that we've watched now. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so I, I think there's an aspect of that. Uh, um, I can say this. The bit that they explained for Moby Dick about how it's like, yeah, sure, it's fighting the whale, but it's really not. It's fighting yourself. 
he's really biting himself with the whale. That is, that I think might have come across a little bit stronger if I said, like, if he, if either we had the darkness from uh, Ichiroku show more, mm. because it never felt like he was fighting his own darkness when he was confronting Ichiroku. It was after that. It was after he'd already conquered the darkness, so he already defeated his whale. Mm. So I think that might be... I think they had that idea, but didn't quite... I see what you mean. Implemented in the right way. And again, I think that might be a lost translation aspect from their side. I mean, it could have been as simple as, like, well, it's a whale. Mm. Um, But I mean, like, given that each of the boys is a different side of the same coin... It could simply just be uh, different perspectives based on the Moby Dick story. So one's Ichirohiko and his whale versus Kyuta and his. Mm. And the darkness just being a stand-in. I I mean, it's not simple, but it's not overly complex. It's going to make sense from from this story's point of view. Mm -hmm. And it's very possible that they did take inspiration from it again, mm. almost in the same way that that was clearly its own story that took inspiration from beauty and the beast used beauty and the beast to tell its own story so you get some of those images and they may have just done the same thing here where we clearly have our own story there's some inspiration from it but it's not that story be interesting to see when we look at the other films from the studio if we see similar literary stories where we see those kind of influences that are there, but not quite in the way we would expect them to be. And I mean, it's, it's possible like seeing where the grounding of it is, especially like boy and the beast, Mirai bell. I'm wondering if this is like a second generation of a studio. Mm-hmm. As the girl who leapt through time, summer war wars and wolf children, I mean, I haven't seen them, but just looking at their promotional material, they definitely look more closer to like a classic Japanese storytelling. Mm. There's Boy and the Beast Bell, and Mirai could have some more like Western influences. That, that, I could see that. Um, well, we know for a fact Bell had strong Western influences. Yes, yes. Um, because they, and like they straight up said, like, it was a collaboration between Chizu and a guy who was from Disney when they met, right? They met at some at the awards are like, yeah, let's do a project together. Because one thing that did stand out to me, like right from the beginning, like again, just with the the introducing the world through the monologue and such, I'm like, this immediately feels more Disney. Yeah, definitely it felt far more Disney than Belle did. Yes. Yeah, the only the only thing that it really needed was a female primary protagonist, and it would have been a Disney. Uh, we had Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they they even had like the cute little animal companion. I you know what I I sent the picture to a friend of mine who I re- recommended Belle from. She's she's the one who was also really big about Carol Tuesday. Yeah, and. It's like, oh my god, that's adorable. What is this? And I and I'm like, Boy and the Beast. This movie just gets me. <laughs> Check it out. Yeah, I saw the little mouse. I'm like, I want one. 
Well, like, it, it had the right, like, it could be a mouse, but what is it? Yeah. You know, one thing, kind of talking about what is it, one thing that I really liked is when Ichiro Hiko was falling to the darkness, um, I, I kind of noticed the way that they were animating him. He looked far less human than even mm. the beasts. Yes. And that, it really gave me a, not a vibe, but a feeling of, um, what's her face? Great movie. Has it been that long that I've forgotten the name? Oh, uh, Princess Kaguya. Mm. <laughs> like it, it oh, really... yes. Yes, okay. No, I see exactly what you're saying. Yeah, like it really gave me that like beast scene feel. And that's how I knew like how messed up a, a situation that Ichiro Hiko was in. Not the fact that he just telekinetically stabbed freaking... Just uh... <laughs> <laughs> all the names. Kumatetsu. Yeah. That like sketchy animation on the face and eyes mm-hmm. and like just the right lack of definition. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it was yeah, it just goes like I, I don't know where this is going. I like I expected someone to get seriously hurt and I, I expected that to be the catalyst to to have um Kuta mm. go dark and again almost does. And I'm just like, that's not the one I expected something to happen to. <laughs> Like, it probably should have, because, you know... Everything was laid out. Yeah. And I... Honestly, I... If I wasn't on the emotional journey with this film, I probably would have caught it all immediately. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, yeah, this, 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 and that is gonna happen, and this is how it's gonna end, and like, oh, that's not actually a beast. Which, I mean, everybody was probably going, it's not a beast anyways, but... Yeah. Um, I was definitely misdirected by those emotional cues. Again, like pulling that lost in translation. Yeah. It's far easier to pull apart when you're not on that emotional journey with it. <laughs> yeah. That was actually one of the big emotional journey things that happened that, that hit me again. Um, talking about Kaede, who's absolutely stellar. When Kaede's like, I'm terrified, but you can't do this alone to, to go fight um Ichiro Hiko and her standing in front of Kyuta calling out um, Ichiro Hiko. Ichiro (laughs) Ichiro Hiko. Yeah. Ichiro Hiko. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm probably Uh, pronouncing it wrong. uh, It's, it's, I'm looking at it. It's like, I should know how to say this and just both his name and Kuma. Kuma Tetsu have just these weird syllables that tr- are tripping me up. <laughs> um, anyway, like I, I wrote down the line that that you said, and there's a few things like what he lacks in his heart, I'll fill up. Being said, or everyone has darkness in them. Even now, I'm struggling against it with all my strength. I'm like that perfectly sums up everything there and just standing up to it's like oh trust me i want to hate you just as much as you're hating right now it's powerful it definitely and like i i didn't feel resonance with that but she's not the only one who was making statements like that yeah even uh kumatetsu straight up just saying like i'll make up for what's missing inside his heart yeah it's all it's all about like that emotional resonance between all these characters and uh slash ren yeah. That what, making him a real boy. Yeah. <laughs> what I was worried, you know what? I was worried about kind of switching to characters. Hmm. 
uh, Kaeda. When she was first introduced, I a had a flashback to that community episode where like a Halloween special where it's like, teach me to read. <laughs> <laughs> and then it turns out being like, I'm actually a werewolf that eats selfish vampires. Anyways. <laughs> Um, I like had that kind of moment, which didn't pull me out of it, but it was a little entertaining thing in the back of my head. Uh, but I also had, I was worried that she was going to take away from the film because it was so different than what was already going on. Yeah. But it's nice that it, it filled a spot that I think if she wasn't in the film, I would say something was missing. Yes. Like that. Those interactions, especially when you're like with Kuta and you're trying to balance this confusion, like, does he live in the world of humans or does he live in the world of the beasts? Yeah. And creating that structure and that confusion for him was definitely required. And I guess from the emotional beats, having mm-hmm. having a broader net. So it's yeah. more impactful <laughs> for more people as like having her in the film. I don't think you would be as positive as you are about the mm. film if she was missing, if she was yeah. not in it. Oh, I agree. Cause I, I had that same fear. It's like, Oh, this is quite a jump. And clearly it looks like the studio likes to jump between worlds mm-hmm. from again, from, from what we've seen. So both films doing it in different ways with different types of pacing for it. Uh, because let me step back for a second. So Belle, we always kind of jumped between the two worlds. So we always had an idea of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one here took quite a long time to jump back to the other world. So I'm like, ooh, I could see this derailing pretty quickly. Uh, just if it wasn't handled well. I just got like vision in my head now. It's like, teach me to read. Oh, here's how you read. Oh, yeah, now you're in college. Oh, yeah. And then the world of the beast has gone to the wayside. Well, that's, that's almost a fear that I had. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it would just be, he stumbles back into it afterwards or something. And who knows how that, who knows how that turned out? Cause it'd be so easy to fall into that type of, you know, Oh, was, you know, that idea of, Oh, maybe it was a dream or obviously it wouldn't go that way. It's like, Oh, this just isn't part of my world anymore. And that's how the film ends, but that's, but it's fine there. Um, actually kind of surprised me a little bit that they said it's like yeah they basically implied he never goes back to the world of the beasts um i almost expected them to kind of the two worlds to kind of merge a little bit more (laughs) no i wonder (laughs) i think in the future i'll be able to come to it because these these films well at least in the ghibli ones there's always some like morbid background thing that's going on yeah Um, it's like oh no this is actually about it's like, oh, they're dead the entire time. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, like, it's it's grounded enough because she ends up going to the world of the beast in the, the end. Yeah. But something definitely, if I had like a weird non-traditional theory about this, it would be that the entire story actually happened and that is happening in the head of Ayara as she's having some type of emotional break. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that one might be a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of a stretch, though. It's for those type of theories. It's the only one that I think could make sense for this film. But it, 
Well, I mean, okay, if you were going to go with that, it, I would have gone with either. I could see that being um, Ichiro Hiko having that mental break. Mm. Or Kuda kind of being at Alice in Wonderland type, type escape. Mm. Um, could be another way that I go with it. Then clearly there wasn't that type of imagery imagery in there. Well, no, because he didn't follow the white rabbit. <laughs> um, they fo- followed the flowers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. I feel like these films are... I feel like they are what they are on the surface. Um, I definitely feel that way. It's yeah. well, and that's it's one of the problems that I have with a lot of the Ghibli films is like throwing too many various threads into a film that are just half realized thoughts. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a Ghibli hallmark at this time, except for Earwig, which was half a string and the story didn't go anywhere. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> we didn't see that when we were watching Nausicaa, so yeah. Um, and I guess as before, like the way that they do the storytelling, so I'm looking forward to any Studio Chizu film, mm-hmm. um, even if it looks silly. Oh, I I completely agree. Yeah, no, the, there there's one part that had me kind of questioning the reality of the film, and it was just the continued the continued times his mother appeared to him. Because mm. in my mind, it's going just. And not knowing the quite knowing the rules of the world, I'm like, is this a memory? Is this a spirit? Is she actually there? Just because it happened so, it happened consistently enough and right when need it, but didn't quite have that same dreamlike quality that you would see that uh, see it as a memory. I wasn't super keen on that, but when I realized that it stopped happening once he at least was starting to feel that people were taking care of him. Mm-hmm. That's when she stopped showing up. Yeah. So I think that was just a, like a self-defense mechanism, him thinking of her in those ways and kind of like projecting it outwards. Yeah. It's like when you think about someone hard enough, you can kind of hear their voice. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. Most of these failings are still small failings. It was the, that wasn't, it wasn't clearly conveyed in the actual animation of it. Mm. So instead of being able to say, yes, this is the coping mechanism, right? This is how he's getting through. I instead had questions like, are they in the spirit world? Is he, is he in heaven? <laughs> yeah, it was and, until he went back. I was either thinking that he was having some type of breakdown or that he had died. Yeah. I mean, I was along for the ride anyways. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, and you get that. I wonder what happened to, uh, I can't remember the director's name. What happened with his, to his mother? <laughs> this is both films now where it's like, and the mother just, like tragically dies. It's like, oh. Well, and uh, <laughs> we should brace ourselves for the ending of Wolf Children. And oh, no. <laughs> Looking at the cover of Wolf Children, the lady in this does not have wolf ears while the kids do. Oh, okay. And I'm worried about Mira. Well, I mean, that means the wolf kids 
Yeah. <laughs> and looking at Mirai, either an adolescent or a teenage girl and like toddler. Yeah. Where's the, where's the mother? If this is yeah. going to be an ongoing theory, I'm going to be sad. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and it's very possible that, that something did happen. And um, it, it's if something happened and we do see that continue throughout the films, I can say good work on exploring these complex, these complex themes and doing it in a very accessible way. And from different right. point of views. Yes. So it's one thing to rehash the same thing in the same way, but to do it and from different perspectives is probably what is going to end up making the studio a great in the long run. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of the parallels there and, but it was never, yeah, I never questioned that it was a rehash. I could just tell that there were those same beats, which so again, why questions like, I wonder if something happened to, to the director and this is how he's dealing with it. Kudos on, on how, how well, how well written the stories are. Like I'm invested in them. Oh, now I'm wondering if the girl who leapt through time is actually leaping backwards through time because she needs to meet her mom who passed away. <laughs> Chizu just gonna Studio Chizu is gonna have me call my mom. <laughs> yeah, I can get that. <laughs> well, thank thankfully for this film, it had me enough that at no point did I compare it to mm. Bell while watching it. Yeah, it wasn't until the very end that I was like. Okay, Belle is the better movie, like objectively yeah. speaking. But I like the boy or the the boy and the beast <laughs> far more. Yeah, um, and that's fair. <laughs> I think in the long run, out after Kuta, Kumatetsu was probably graced with at least six out of seven talented students. Yeah, but one ran away. <laughs> Clever. <laughs> uh, and lots of hearts. Um, voice acting was good. As I said, I I'm making all these comparisons to Bell after the fact. Never entered my mind. The only thing that entered my mind is like, huh. So we did Beauty and the Beast. Why not Boy and the Beast? <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, never entered my mind, and which is good because we've watched films where we have no choice but to compare it to, to other ones or we can't separate it. But you know what? A great comparison of this, I think, is... I'm, I'm going to make a statement about ge uh, generalized perspectives of boys and girls. Hmm. Of course, this does not hold true to everyone, blah, 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 blah. Not some asshole. But I feel like, for the most part, Belle was able to accurate, accurately represent the, the heart of a girl where Boy and the Beast was accurate, represent the heart of a boy. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Again, you've got those similar situations and you know the bits that I know of psychology and sociology is boys act out, girls shut down. Uh, which is exactly what we saw. Yeah, no, I I could see that. And of course, like it's a day and age where you have to over overly disclaim. There's of course outliers <laughs> and people who don't feel either way. So, 
yeah <laughs> um but it's it's something that again like i i'm more excited for a potential new studio chizu release at this point than a new studio ghibli mm. not that earwig has soured me to ghibli um, <laughs> but i feel like ghibli's not exploring in the same way they used to mm. whereas being a fresh studio studio chizu just has so much so much room for activities yeah so i'm i'm excited and i do worry because it does look like bell is got getting like a significant amount of success yeah which I really hope that Studio Chizu stays authentic to itself and doesn't say try to appeal to Western audiences mm-hmm. or especially the Western commercialism. I mean, it's probably already fighting to remain independent or however independent it is in Japan to have it um, be pushed in the ways that we see, like the way Netflix ruins things or yeah. it would just... I'd hate for them to get off track. Yeah. Th- that would actually make me sad. Whereas at this point, like I don't really have any investment into Ghibli. Hmm. Well, I think so you're right. I, I hope they don't, I hope they don't give into that. Um, I mean, I don't, I'm not quite as concerned with that. Cause I don't see that happening in the same way from a lot of the Asian media we've been watching. Mm-hmm. And again, even though Bell is definitely taking off and definitely putting going to be putting them on the map, I know that the girl who leapt through time, Mirai, they've been films that I've seen seen mentioned before, and like these are high quality, must watch type uh, type films. So, um, so I think they're yeah. I do you know? I feel I feel like. Chizu films are going to awaken people to this type of storytelling, much like how Ghibli was really doing it back in like late eighties, early nineties, and then again in like the early two thousands. Yeah, the the way that it was kind of being like, oh, this is great storytelling, and they do characters right, and characters aren't just a demographic; they're actually complex and whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. I... I think so. I, I think this is just going to bring that resurgence. And yeah, so Mirai, Mirai is the animated film that won Best Picture from them mm-hmm. at the Oscars. So I mean, there's there's pedigree there. Um, again, Bell, I know, I believe did well on the uh, well, I mean, uh, film festival circuit before it ever got released here. Um, the Oscars. Yeah. A bunch of people paying to receive an award. The, uh, as we know, the the only uh, film awards that matter are the Batby Awards. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> if a company wants to pay us to receive a Batby Award, sure. We, we do we... have one called the Nepotism Award. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it is called the Nepotista. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, the Nepotista. <laughs> yeah you you can pay us for for us to give you an award but we're gonna name it whatever we want without yeah (laughs) um oh it's 
yeah, no, I, you're right. I'm excited to see what they're doing and what they're going to do as well. I think the storytelling here is a little bit more, I said, a bit more straightforward on the surface, whereas Ghibli very much isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel, again, I still find it interesting that <laughs> your two least favorite Ghibli films were both written by the same author. <laughs> um, Wait, which ones yeah. do I dislike? Howl and Earwig. They were both written by the same author. No, Earwig's be- better than Howl's. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I don't hate Earwig. <laughs> Um, but anyway i I feel like chizu is has a little bit more like slightly bit more western influence in the way the storytelling is done Mm -hmm. whereas as we've kind of discussed like it feels like shibli is very much that asian storytelling in a lot of the way uh, the story beats go i mean it tends to be a lot more the inclusion of just like, oh yeah, this is a mountain spirit, and we call it six different things. Mm. That's not something that jives for Western audiences. They yeah. end up being like, oh, this is the mountain god. Yeah. And then to localize <laughs> it. I think it's definitely expressed, or at least more Western friendly on the Chizu front. Yeah. Um, but still, well, remaining its own. Yes. Um yeah, it's, it, they think it's just interesting to see that um, that juxtaposition, mm-hmm. uh, and I do think it's. I think a lot of the Ghibli films, while can be watched, can be watched casually. You need to. You're putting yourself at disservice watching them casually to get a lot of the deeper meanings. And we've seen that in our in our. Um, Ghibli conversations. It's like mm. they tend to always be okay. Nope, this is kind of deep and not in any way <laughs> the way we figure the conversation is going to go. I feel like you could get away watching the Chizu films more casually, and that's not a bad thing. You definitely get a lot from paying attention. And I feel like I'm rambling, and the thought was in my head, and I don't know if I said it well. <laughs> if I said a crappy, edit this out. <laughs> Just remember when in doubt. Ride a river dragon for no reason. It wasn't for no reason. With that, this has been Beardy and the Beast Media Club. As always, if you like what we do, like and subscribe, and uh, join the conversation in the comments or at our Discord. Join us next time, where we discuss the film Cabin in the Woods. Later.